0: Saying Goodbye by Wallace Gibbs. When Daniel went off to school at Texas A&M University, he suggested that we all set up a Marco Polo account so that we could video chat with each other. I installed the program on my phone and set up two groups. The first group consisted of me, Laura, Maria, Christopher, and Daniel. The second group consisted of me and three of my siblings, Gail, Charlotte and Virgil. Gina couldn't download the Marco Polo app onto her phone, so she was unable to participate in our chats. Mama most certainly did not have Marco Polo because she was one of the only people that I knew that still had a flip phone, something that she was very proud of. Throughout this narrative, I will let you experience some of the Marco Polos between me and my siblings. In the fall of 2019, at Mama's insistence, I took off a day from work to go to Houston with her to check on her funeral arrangements. Mama had this sense of urgency to make sure that everything was taken care of before she died. Uncle Jack Nyday became Daddy's brother-in-law when he married my Aunt Joy Ruth on April 15th of 1950. Uncle Jack was a captain at the Houston Ship Channel and was responsible for guiding ships through the Houston Shipping Channel. Uncle Jack also owned and operated the Nyday Funeral Home South in South Houston. Right before Daddy died, he and Uncle Jack set up funeral and burial arrangements for both Mom and Daddy. Daddy died in 2005, and Uncle Jack died in 2015. I had called Nyday Funeral Home earlier in the year and validated that my Uncle Jack had arranged everything, and all that Mama would owe was a thousand dollars for her service and the cost to transport her body from Pritchett, Texas to Houston, Texas. The lady, helped me th- the lady that helped me told me that this was an unbelievable deal, and that Jack Nyday must have really thought highly of Mama. I told her that he loved both Mama and Daddy, and that he helped Daddy to arrange all of this so that there would be no worries for Mama and us kids. I left Hearst, Texas at approximately 7 o'clock in the morning and drove two hours east on I-20 until it intersected with Old Highway 135 on the outskirts of Kilgore, Texas. I pulled into the parking lot of a Kid Jones Exxon gas station and convenience store where Scotty and Mama were waiting for me in Scotty's red Dodge Ram pickup truck. I parked the car at the front of the store and walked over to see Mama and Scotty. Give me just a minute. I need to go to the bathroom and get me a Dr. Pepper, I told them. Mama had already collected her bag exited the pickup truck, and was walking towards my car. I took the keys out of my pocket and clicked the unlock button as I rushed inside the store, shouting, It's unlocked! As I exited the store, I could see Mama sitting in the front passenger seat of my white Ford Taurus. Typical Mama, I thought to myself, with the let's get down to business attitude. I walked over to Scotty's truck and shook his hand through the roll-down window. "'Y'all be careful now,' Scotty said. "'We will,' I said. "'I will have her back tomorrow night.' "'All righty,' Scotty said. "'I'm headed to Kilgore to pick up some supplies for the dry cleaners.' "'Great,' I said. "'Since I am unfamiliar with this area, I will follow you into town. "'I am sure Mama can direct me from there.' "'I returned to my car and sat down in the driver's seat.' Leaning over, I gave Mama a kiss and asked how she was doing. I feel fine, she said. Where are we going from here? I thought we would go to Umble and eat lunch. Then we'll go to Nyday's funeral home. Afterwards, if we have time, I would like to stop by Christopher's house to see him. From there, we'll go to Gail's house to spend the night. Mama and I visited as we drove on Highway 259 from Kilgore to Henderson to Mount Enterprise, and then to Nacogdoches, where we connected to Highway 59, which took us south through Lufkin, Corrigan, Livingston, Shepherd, Cleveland, Splendora, New Caney, Porter, Kingwood, and then finally into Umble. My original plan was to take Mama to Red Lobster, one of her favorite restaurants. However, at the last minute, I switched to Papa Do's, a nicer restaurant chain. I pulled into the parking lot and put the car into park. I have worked really hard at mowing lawns and saving my money, I began. You can order anything on the menu. Even a lobster? Mama asked. Even a lobster, I told her. I want to take our time and really enjoy the meal together. A hostess took us to our seat. Our waitress came to the table and asked what we would like to drink. Mama ordered water, which was typical, and I ordered an unsweet tea. We looked over the menu and finally decided what we wanted. I'll have the fried oyster plate with french fries, I told the waitress. I'll have the crab legs with steamed broccoli, Mama informed. "'Would you please add a lobster tail to each of our plates?' I asked. "'You bet. Is there anything else that I can get you?' "'That's it,' I said. "'Wallace, that is a lot of money,' Mama said. "'It's okay,' I said. "'I just want to be with you and enjoy this. "'Please relax and enjoy this with me.' "'Okay, I'll try,' Mama said." We feasted on the seafood that was brought to us and asked for a to-go container to take one of the lobster tails and some, some of the crab legs with us. All righty, I said, let's get to nite We got back on Highway 59 South and made our way to Houston where we took Loop 610 West and then connected with Interstate 45 South to head to Friendswood, Texas. We arrived at the funeral home around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. As we entered the facility, we were greeted by a nice man named Paul. I explained to him the reason why we were there, and he took us to the administration office, where a receptionist named Susan pulled Mama's file. "'I see that there is a Wallace Eugene Gibbs Sr. already interred at the Veterans Cemetery,' the receptionist observed. "'Yes,' Mama began. "'He was my husband.' "'Well, according to the notes left by Jack Nyday, the lady continued, "'you are scheduled to be buried there as well. "'Let's hope that won't be for a long time.' "'How much do I owe for everything?' Mama asked. "'It shows here that the only cost is a $1,000 per Jack Nidey,' Susan said. "'How did you know, Mr. Nyday? "'My husband's sister was his wife,' Mama explained jack was a good man yes he was susan began well he has everything arranged the only extra cost would be to transport the body from where you live to here and based on your current address that would be about eight hundred dollars can i write you a check right now and pay for everything mama asked typically we don't take funds until the actual death Susan said. Mama, we will take care of this, I assured her, referring to us kids. Is there anything else that I can do for you? Susan asked. No, I think that's it, Mama said. Thank you for taking the time to give me that information. It has taken a load off my mind. You are more than welcome, Susan responded. If you need anything else, please let me know. Here is one of my business cards. Please feel free to call me at any time. Thank you, Susan, Mama said as she turned to leave. Thank you for your help, I said. We got into the car and drove back to Interstate 45 and headed to Christopher's house on the southwest side of Houston. We arrived around 4.30. I called Christopher and he told me that he would be home around 5.15. He told me the location of a spare key, and told me that we could go ahead and go inside. I found the key, opened the front door, and was immediately greeted by Aurora, Christopher's two-year-old blue Weimaraner dog. At first, Aurora was a little hesitant around us until I spoke. "'Aurora,' I began, "'it's Grandpa and Grandmother.' Aurora's tail began to wag, and then she jumped up and put her front paws on my chest as she vigorously wagged her tail. Grandpa loves you, I said as her tail wagged even more furiously. Mom and I sat on the couch in Christopher's room and visited while petting Aurora. Suddenly, Aurora's ears twitched and she bolted towards the front window where she put her front paws on the seal and began doing a sort of tap dance when she spotted Christopher getting out of his truck in the driveway. I got up and opened the door for Christopher as he stepped inside. I gave him a big hug and then he went over to where Mama was sitting. Hello, Grandmother, Christopher said as he gave her a hug. Most grandparents let a grandchild decide what to call them. Not Mama. She decided in 1982, when Heather Lumen was born, that she was going to be called Grandmother. Mama returned Christopher's hug all under the watchful gaze of Aurora. I don't have anything to eat, and I was wondering if you would like to go to one of my favorite barbecue places just right up the street, Christopher asked Mama. I would love to, Mama replied. Sounds good to me. I answered. We sat and visited for about 30 minutes when Christopher left to change into something more casual. When he returned, we went to my car and drove to Gatlin's barbecue on Ella Boulevard. Christopher bought a plate, and then Mama and I split a plate. We visited some more, and then headed back to Christopher's house. We left some crab legs and a lobster tail for you in the refrigerator, I said. We need to go ahead and head to aunt gail's house before it gets too late i love you christopher mama said i love you too grandmother christopher replied i love you i said as i hugged him let me know when you get there christopher said i will I drove through Christopher's neighborhood and took Interstate 45 North to Loop 610 where we went east until it intersected with Highway 59 where we headed north towards Cleveland. We arrived at Gail and Bobby's house around 9 o'clock, exhausted from the day. We visited with Gail and Bobby for about an hour and then all of us headed to bed. When are you leaving tomorrow? Gail asked. I thought that we would eat breakfast with you, and then we'll head back to Pritchett, I said. Sounds good, Gale replied. Good night, Wallace. I love you. I awoke the next morning to the smell of fried eggs, gravy, and biscuits. Bobby had left earlier in the morning to run some errands, so Gale, Mama, and I visited uninterrupted until about nine o'clock, when Mama and I got in the car and headed north to Pritchett. We stopped in downtown Cleveland, Texas to fill up with gas, and I got a 20-ounce Dr. Pepper, and then we headed to Pritchett. We made it to Pritchett around 1 o'clock. I walked Mama to her apartment, and then walked over to Charlotte and Scotty's house, where I visited for about a half an hour, and then headed back to Hearst. Little did I know, but this was the beginning of saying goodbye to a central figure in my life. The great part about it was that we started off in style with a lobster dinner. Saying Goodbye by Wallace Gibbs February 14, 2020 Today is Valentine's Day. Laura and I went to dinner last night at Outback to celebrate because Charlotte had asked me to come stay with Mama while she and Scotty went out of town. Right before I left for work, I noticed that I had a Marco Polo, as indicated by the icon at the top of my screen. Gail and Mama appeared on the screen. Mama is lying down in her recliner in a teal-colored t-shirt with a blanket pulled up to her armpits. Gail is sitting on the arm of the recliner. Mama starts the video off, but what she says is unintelligible. Gail then continues by saying, Hi, Wallace. We love you. See you in a little while. Bye. I am wrapping up a 49 CFR class that I am hosting at Flagship University. Brad Hallmark from TSI is the instructor, and yesterday he told me that he was hoping to be finished with class by 3 o'clock p.m. today. I ate a bowl of my favorite cereal, post Honey Bunches of Oats, and was about to walk out the door when another Marco Polo arrived. Mama and Gail reappear on the screen. This time, Mama and Gail are standing up as they face the camera. Say something nice. Smile. Me? Hi, Gail. Not me, Mother. Them. Mm Who? Wallace and Charlotte and Virgil. Good morning. We love y'all. Bye-bye. A little while later, Gail and Mama appear on the screen again. This time, Mama is dressed in a red Aldridge Cleaners sweatshirt. Virgil appears next. Charlotte appears next. Okay kids, let's be grown-ups around here. Who does that sound like and look like, Gail? Wallace appears next. Charlotte appears again. Am I the only adult in this family? (sighs) Virgil appears again. This time, he is upside down on the screen with his tongue sticking out. True to his word, Brad Hallmark was ready to walk out the door at 3 o'clock. I said my goodbyes to the students in the class and made sure that Brad got on his way back to Oklahoma City. As I exited the parking garage, I called Laura. Hello, Laura answered. Hey, I started. I just wanted to let you know that we got out a little early today and that I'm headed to Pritchett. Sounds good. Enjoy your time with your mother and tell her that I said hi. I will, I answered. I will leave Sunday after church with Mama. Have a good trip, Laura stated as she hung up the phone. Charlotte had asked me to come up and watch over Mama, kind of like a babysitter, while she and Scotty went to the lake for some time alone. I don't, didn't mind going, as it gave me some time alone with Mama, and this weekend was going to be a treat because Gail was in Pritchett as well. I got onto Highway 360 South and headed to Pritchett, stopping at QT and Terrell to get me a large unsweet tea. After Daddy died in 2005, Mama had stayed in Pritchett for about a year, and then sold their 14-acre place to a young family. Granny had been living with Mama and Daddy since 1997. Mama and Granny moved into a trailer home directly across from Gail. It was a good place for Mama and Granny, as it put them under the watchful eye and excellent care of my sister Gail. Granny died in 2007, leaving Mama and Uncle Freddie as the last surviving members of the Earthman and Catherine Patterson Union. Uncle Pat had died in 1997 due to complications from tuberculosis, and Aunt Martha had died in 2000 from a massive heart attack. Uncle Freddy died in 2010. The day he died, Mama told me that it was strange being the only surviving member of her original family. She told me how much that she appreciated all of us kids and needed us more than ever. In 2009, Charlotte and Scotty constructed a metal barn with two large bay doors in it so that they could store tools, lawnmowers, and other supplies. As they were building it, Mama asked them if they would build her an apartment on the end of it so that she would have a place to stay when she visited Pritchett. Scotty and Charlotte adjusted the plans and added a little 600-square-foot apartment for Mama that consisted of a bedroom, a bathroom, a living room, a kitchen, and a small dining area. It was the perfect size for Mama. As you faced the building, you could see two windows indicating where Mama's apartment was. The first window was in the bathroom, and the second window was where the kitchen sink was located just the perfect size for a person that spent most of her time outdoors. Looking out from the bay doors, you could see a beautiful hay meadow that bordered the private road that led up to Charlotte and Scotty's place, and then continued on for three houses further down. In 2018, Mama sold her trailer house and permanently moved to the apartment in Pritchett. It was a hard move for Mama, because she loved being in the Cleveland area, where she could attend services at the church where we all grew up. But her heart ached to go back to Pritchett. As I turned into Mama's driveway, I could see her and Gail sitting in one of the bays of the barn, watching me. I pulled my car under a grove of sweet gum trees and put it into park. "'Hey, you two, I said, as I approached the open bay. What are you doing out here?" Yoda, Toby, and Rocky, Mama's small dogs, ran out to greet me. Yoda was a gray chihuahua mix, and even though she was the smallest of the three dogs, she was the alpha dog. Mama's other two dogs, and Charlotte's two dogs, Laddie and Patch, all gave in to Yoda's authority. "'Just sitting and visiting,' Gale said. "'How was your trip?' It was good, I said. I had a good week at work, and am looking forward to spending time with the two of you. Have you eaten supper? Mama asked. No, ma'am, I said. There is a pot of vegetable soup on the stove-top if you want to heat yourself a bowl, Mama offered. I'll do that in a minute, I said. When are you going home, Gail? I think that I will leave about mid-morning, Gail began. Bobby is at the deer lease, so there's no rush to get back, except that I need to be home for church on Sunday. When are you going home, Wallace? Mama asked. I thought that I would go to church with you and then head home after that, I said. I would like that, Mama replied. I'm going to get me some soup and I'll be right back, I said. There's also some cornbread that I put in the microwave to keep the flies off of it. Mama said as I entered the apartment. No one could make homemade vegetable soup like Mama. It was the perfect blend of vegetables and was salted to perfection. Sometimes she made it with a soup bone in it, and sometimes it was just all vegetables. I felt the side of the pot and discovered that the sides were still warm to the touch. So I grabbed a ladle and a bowl and scooped up a nice helping. I grabbed a glass of water, a piece of cornbread, and my bowl, and headed back outside to eat and visit with Mama and Gail. After two bowls of soup and lots of fellowship, we decided to turn in for the night. "'Charlotte left the front door unlocked for you,' Mama said. "'Do you need anything else?' "'No, ma'am,' I said. "'I know just what to do over there. Good night. I will see you in the morning.' I went over to Charlotte and Scotty's house, brushed my teeth, and went to the guest bedroom. I laid on my back, looking up at the ceiling that was covered in the glow-and-dark stars that Charlotte had pasted there for her granddaughter Peyton. I liked the effect that it gave the room, and pondered the week as I fell asleep.